Now, though, we start with Ukraine, and officials there have dismissed claims that the city of Bakhmut has fallen to Russia. That's after Wagner mercenaries said that they'd begun handing control of the eastern city to Moscow's army. The battle for the city has been the longest and bloodiest of the war. Well, this aerial footage that was taken earlier this month shows intense shelling in a residential area. Most people had already fled before the fighting broke out. Well, Bakhmud is of little strategic value to Moscow, but its capture would be a symbolic victory for Russia. Well, here is part of that recording made by the head of the Russian mercenary group, Wagner. We are withdrawing units from Bakhmud. Today, it's 5 a.m. on the 25th of May. By the 1st of June, the main parts of the unit will be relocated at the rear camps. We are handing over our positions to the military. Ammunition, positions, everything, including food rations. Uh, well, let's uh, take you live to the Latvian capital, uh, that is Riga. We're joined by Maria Mezenseva, who is a member of the Ukrainian parliament for Kharkiv. Uh, Maria, thank you for being with us on the programme. Uh, so we heard it there. That's the head of the Wagner Group saying that they will hand over Bakhmut to Russian forces. Talk to me about the symbolism, the significance of that. We know it has been the scene of the bloodiest fighting of this war, uh, strategically not particularly important for Russia, but symbolically hugely significant. 100% the uh, beating heart of this war, the city of Bakhmut is continuing beating. And as you have rightly said, quite symbolical. No one understands what is the strategy of the Russian army since day one of this full-scale invasion. And, you know, I think uh, Prigozhin has just confirmed in the citation video you have provided yet another failure of the special Wagner group, which uh, I'm sure uh, will be recognized by many national parliaments and the Council of Europe, where we work here in Riga these days as a terrorist organization helping regular Russian army, which is now, as I'm citing him, taking over in Bakhmut, even though the um, advance on the flanks with artillery fire, which Russian army is trying to attack us with, are failing. So the flanks are still controlled by Ukrainian army. And this is just yet another example of the miscalculations which have been rolling for more than 15 months of the full-scale invasion. We have been watching brilliant operations conducted with recent military supply in temporary occupied territories, and we are eligible to operate uh, within the 1991 borders mm. and to liberate every village and every town. I yes. think Prigozhin is trying to save Wagner, which will not be possible any longer. Um, you touched on it there, Maria. Um, Kiev saying it still controls pockets of the city. But fundamentally, those pockets are small. Russia has won in Bakhmut, hasn't it? Well, I think it's too early to say that and to state that. Uh, in the recent communications we're having, directly with brave soldiers in Bahmut, it is, has been confirmed that the, uh, the, the army says we are still there. And this is a very direct message. I don't think we should, we should go ahead with the myths. Um, Wagner Group says that if Russian forces are unable to hold that position that they have won in Bakhmut, they are happy to return. But we know it is not that simple. Um, Ukrainian forces will be keen to fill in there uh, if Russian forces are not able to hold it. 
And in and of itself, as we said, Bakhmut not strategically important, but it will give it greater access, give Russia greater access to all of that area, which in itself is important, all of the Donetsk area. I would like to emphasize as a person coming from Kharkiv, which faced, uh, as a region faced the aggression as well, one third of its territory was under occupation, liberated back in September last year, brilliant operation of Ukrainian army. Every village, every town, every big and small city is vitally important for Ukrainian army and our uh, uh, president as a leader and every every politician and every Ukrainian citizen. So, you know, we, we can't estimate what is more important or less important, but we are witnessing currently another failure of the Russian strategies, which are not uh, operating even for the internal audience. Because I think in a, in a way that Prigozhin has spoken, he's trying to save also his own team, but at the same time, you know, progress uh, given to the uh, Russian army, which will not be realistic on the ground. Uh, as of to say, Ukraine continues to receive uh, great uh, NATO weapons, which are operating at our sovereign territory, not beyond it. Therefore, we I assume there will be another wave of disinformation for internal market, so that we are witnessing Russians are not willing to be recruited to the Russian army for whatsoever reason. They have no motivation. They have low expectations because they are not receiving uh -huh. enough support. And Prigozhin has confirmed it multiple times in his address. So we are only aiming for successful liberation operations of our army. And thanks thanks to, to UK and other partners, we do believe it can be realistic in the nearest time. Maria, it's really good to have you with us on the programme. Thank you. That's Maria Mezentseva there, Member of the Ukrainian Parliament for Kharkiv. Thank you. Uh, well, let's speak now to retired Colonel Brendan Kearney. Uh, he spent uh, a long time, uh, more than 30 years in the US Marines and is now a military affairs analyst. Uh, thank you for being with us once again. It's good to have you on the programme. Um, and I hope you were able to hear a little of that conversation we were having there, uh, a suggestion that this is a failure of Rus Russian strategy. Is that how you see what's going on in Bakhmut? Uh, ben, good to be with you again. Um, she uh, she made some interesting statements there. And, and again, I try to be impartial in the sense of uh, giving you a military perspective. Um, and in this particular case, I, I think it would, uh, it, it's very simple. Um, I don't think anybody knows what the Russian strategy is. I think this is uh, this effort in Bakhmut that's gone on now for a number of months at great cost to uh, the Wagner Group uh, and and to the Russians that are supporting them, uh, the logistics chain that has been supporting the Wagner Group, um, and also obviously to the Ukrainians. Um, I'm not sure what they accomplished. It, it it's of little tactical, uh, operational, or strategic value. So. Um, again, this has just been a meat grinder to the benefit of the Ukrainians. Um, so the Wagner Group say they will withdraw. They will hand over that ground to Russian troops. Um, from a military strategy point of view, do you think Russian troops can hold that ground? It all depends on what the Ukrainians want to do, how much effort they want to put into regaining that ground. Um, the Wagner Group and Prigozhin's statements really defy common sense from a military perspective. You don't announce when you're going to have a relief in place. 
It's a very, very difficult military operation uh, that has to be very carefully choreographed, normally between units that are very, very familiar with each other. I mean, the British uh, expeditionary forces in France in World War I developed this into an art form. Uh, and I say that with a great deal of admiration. And Prigozhin is just uh, the operational security aspects of him announcing this ahead of time just basically essentially tells the Ukrainians, uh, hey, look, we're going to be weak for the next couple days uh, because we're going to be going back and forth, relieving forces, uh, the Wagner troops trying to make their, their way to the rear, the Russian forces coming up to the front to occupy those positions. <clears throat> this, is, this is amateur hour. And if the Ukrainians want to, uh, they could turn this into a real defeat uh, for the Russians. But again, it's uh, if they want to. We've talked about this before, about whether there are three key players here, Russian forces, Ukrainian forces, and then the Wagner group. And we know the Wagner boss repeatedly targeting top Russians, saying you are not giving us the support that we need. Is this a different narrative that's now playing out and saying, look, we've done our job, we're off, it's all over to you? Well, um, uh, yes and no. Uh, he, he has clearly handed the responsibility, at least verbally, over to the Russian military. But at the same time, uh, in his statement, the one that I read, he basically was saying, uh, hey, look, we're going to the rear, uh, but we're ready to come help you. You know, it, it's almost, uh, you know, like he's he's implying that, you know, you guys can't handle it, uh, but we'll save you again, um, which, of course, the Russian military is just not going to receive that very, very well. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. This is three different parties with their own agendas. Uh, the Ukrainians have the simplest one in this particular case. They're defending in Bakhmut. Uh, the Russians and the Wagner group seem to be uh, operating from two different sheets of music. Um, we will talk again about this, I'm sure. I'm really grateful for your insight. Thank you for being with us. That's retired Colonel Brendan Kearney there, uh, who spent more than 30 years in the US Marines. Uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Ben.